Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Well, today we want to continue with our series. This is entitled Together Loving for the Gospel's Sake. And we want to emphasize today the next step, basically. Two weeks ago, we did teach on that God loves you. That's very important for us to know that God loves you. And if you don't have that right, it's going to cause all sorts of problems in you taking the next two steps. And the next step we talked about last week was that we love him because he first loved us. Today we want to go to the third, the third step into that because they are progressive in that uh, we want to walk the word out in unity, togetherness. And we said togetherness means unity, unity uh, uh, is Greek for unity would be oneness. So we want to walk that out. We said that we want all the blessings that God has for us. And God has many blessings for us if we will sacrificially love the way he has, has commanded us to love. So today's message is entitled, One Commandment Fulfills All of the Law. One commandment fulfills all of the law. Now, if one commandment fulfills all the law, how much effort should we really put into that one commandment to working that one commandment out? Because we don't have all these 10, all these 306 or something that the Pharisees put with it. We don't have that to do. He said one. Really, do we have one? Let's start in Matthew chapter 22. Let's go there. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 36, I want to start with just that premise because you said one commandment. I thought it was two on all these two hang the balance of the law. Let's read it. Verse 36, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? This is one of the Pharisees. And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. Well, I just told you that one commandment would be fulfilling the whole law. And here we read that the greatest one, of course, is loving God. And then the other one was like unto it. Let's go just one other place before we come back to Matthew. And that's in Galatians chapter 5. Let's go there first. Galatians chapter 5. want to camp out in verse 13. For you were called to freedom, brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, through love or by love, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. In the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, this is the word of God. 
He says, but now if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. So we know that he's trying to let them know that you can't be irritating one another. You can't be taking little bites out of one another. You can't be uh, just at each other. As people say, button heads with one another. You can't be doing that because that's not the intent of God. He says, through love, serve one another. That's what he says. Now, if he's already said on these two hang the balance of the law, then he comes back and say that the whole law is fulfilled in one word, then is God slighting himself and saying, I want you to love other people more than you love me? Is he really saying that? Well, I don't believe he's saying that because he knows there's no way that you're going to love others if you don't have his love in you. If you don't love him, there's no way that you're going to love somebody else. Because we know that God is love. We know that God always has our best interests at stake. We know that. He doesn't do anything wrong. So we know that God is for us, but we don't know that people are for us. So he says that the only way you're going to carry this thing out is that you start loving others. Let's go to Matthew 10. I told you to go back to Matthew. Let's go to Matthew 10. Uh, Let's go there, verse 37. Let's see what it says there. Let's see if we put a little bit more emphasis on that. He says in verse 37, he who loves the father, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Oh, wait a minute. I thought you said love others. (laughs) That's the one that everything hangs on, loving your neighbor as yourself. No and yes. Yes. But he says that it's all based on me. We have to start at the next step is that when you love me, it's going to go from there. But you cannot, you cannot love others. In other words, you can't have that love is not agape, by the way. That love when it says he who loves father, mother, that's love is not agape, it's phileo. But the phileo is not, it's still love in Greek love, but it's not the same type of love. This is affectionate towards. So if you are, he doesn't want you affectionate, more affectionate towards your mother, your father, your children, your son or daughter, more than you are towards him. He says you're not worthy of him if you do that. And he, does not, he who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And he who found his life will lose it, as Minerva said that, uh, a few minutes ago. And he who has lost his life for my sake, will find it. So he's saying that this is, a, this is a hard thing, but his commandments are not burdensome. His commandments are simple, but in order to walk this out, you need him inside of you doing the work. In other words, we are filled with the Spirit of God. We know that uh, we have to have the fruit of the Spirit, We know that the fruit of the Spirit is the result. It's the effect of the Spirit working through us, being in us, causes us to be compassionate, 
causes us to be long-suffering, causes all these things. It's the Holy Spirit. It's not us. It's, it's God himself inside of us. I said, okay, God, I see that. I see that. Let's take it a little bit further. Let's go to the Gospel of John. Let's go there. In the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verse 34, he says it a little bit different. And I like the way he said it because we know that some people, because they haven't been loved, they tend to not love themselves. He said, love others as you love yourself. Well, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Well, some people don't love themselves. But they do, but they don't. But when he puts it this way, I had no problems understanding, and I had no excuses. He said, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you love one another. Now, does it leave anything to uh, imagination? This is plain, isn't it? And we know that he died for us. We know that he died for our sins. We know that we did not deserve it. We know it was a gift. We know it was grace. It was not by any means, any works of our own. It was not because we were good. It was not because we were brought up in a Christian home. It was not because uh, uh, your great-grandfather, your grandfather, your father, and everybody else were, were, were pastors and, and workers in the church and evangelists and missionaries. It wasn't because of any of that. He saved you by grace. It's a gift, not by works. He didn't do that when we were lovable. He didn't do that when, when everything was, well, we, we had straightened up our lives. No, he did that when we were enemies. He did that when we were unlovable. He did that when we didn't love him. He loved us, which we talked about last week. So I said, this is the standard. I'm supposed to do. Well, okay, I see, God, that you're saying that the next step then, after I get a grasp on you loving me, I get a grasp on I love you because you first loved me. I understand that. I understand now you're trying to get me to love somebody else. I get that. But I really don't understand too much. I, I need some more information. Help me to understand this a little bit more because I would rather love you. Really, and we'd be honest with ourselves. We would rather to love God. If I love God, it's safe. He's not going to trample on me. He's not going to treat me mean. He's going to love me in spite of me. He's going to always be faithful to me. He's never going to leave me. He's never going to forsake me. He is God. I can love him. Now, people, like as Drew said, some of it depends upon how much it snows. It depends upon what they do, what they don't do. It depends upon a lot of different things, doesn't it? In, 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 in reality, it shouldn't. Now, we know we are talking. <laughs> we, we are here today. We are talking real. We talk real from, from here. Uh, so we're talking not theoretically. We know that we should love people. We, should, we know we should love our enemies. We know that. But in reality, come on, in reality, it's hard. It's hard. So, God, come on, give me some more. 
information on this thing, see, because if I'm going to have to, if I'm going to put myself on the line here to be trampled, if I'm going to be a doormat, people are going to wipe their feet on me. There's rain outside. We got red mud out there somewhere on, on, on some of these places, and, and they trample me, and then they just wipe their feet on me and just keep going. God, help me to understand what you're talking about. Are, 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 are y'all tracking with me? We're going to go to the next chapter, 14. We'll start at verse 15. You're probably, on, you're probably there. How important is this, God? Because I'd rather to love you. I'd rather to love you. If you love me, what you mean, if I love you? You sound like, come on, you sound like I'm Peter or somebody. You know, I haven't denied you. Uh, don't be asking me three times now. You, I said, I love you, God. He says, if you love me, come on, keep my commandments. Keep my commandments. Huh. Oh, my goodness gracious. I love you, God. I love you, God. We got songs on it, don't we? I love you, God. If you love me, keep my commandments. Every time we say, I love you, we can be singing, I love you, Lord. Oh, I love you, Lord. What is he singing back? Keep my commandments. Keep my <laughs> I mean, that's the word of God. Keep my commandments. Oh, my goodness gracious. Let's look at verse 21. He who has my commandment and keeps them, and for those who really don't want to read the Bible, you tell them that they're not in here now. But you tell them, your acquaintances that don't like reading the Bible, you tell them, you got to have God's commandments. If you don't even know what they are, how are you going to keep something you don't know what they are? If you have my commandment, and if you keep them, those are the ones who love me. God, you keep saying this thing. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. Verse 23. If anyone loves me, if anyone loves me, not since if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. Wow, verse 24. He who does not love me, he's getting kind of specific here, does not keep my words. And the words that I hear, which you hear from me, is not mine, but the Father who sent me. So now I have, I have it down here in Red and white in my Bible. <laughs> that if I love God, he says I'm going to keep his commandments. If I don't keep his commandments, I do not love him. He said that. I did not say that. Is that, is that true then? So I can no longer say I love God, but I won't keep his commandment. And we know that that commandment is to love others as I have loved you. That's what the commandment is. Let's go a little further. Chapter 15, verse 4. Abide in me, and I in you, 
As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. So the fruit of love, the manifestation of love, I can't do. I can't do it because he said I can do nothing apart from who? Him. I have to be in the vine. He said, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My goodness gracious. My, my, my. Whatever. Whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Whatever. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask. And he, and he, he, he wants one thing from us is to start loving others because he says that if you love me, I know, I know that if you love me, you're going to love others. But if you don't love me, you're not going to love others because that's my word. And I have all my commandments I have boiled down to one thing. One thing, only one thing, is that you love others as I have loved you. So don't even think about all these other, other things. All these, you can think about, well, what should I do on this? Or if this person does this, what do I do? Just start loving others as I have loved you. you if you do that... If you abide in that, that abides in you, then you will ask whatever you will. I don't think we get whatever we will a lot of times because we don't love as he loves us. Unity is not in the places, and as we talked about, we went from, uh, I think it was probably about the third message, one, two, three, the fourth message I did, we went to all areas of our lives, whether it be husband and wife, whether it be significant others or whoever it is, we said that you got to start really thinking about what does God want? He wants unity with him, with him. It starts with him, unity with him, so that both of you are doing what God has said because both of you are in line with him. Your mind has been renewed. You have been meditating on his word. you got this picture of this unity thing, and you all got it down. I don't care whether you disagree. You're going to disagree, but you, could, you can disagree agreeably. Stay in unity. Stay in unity as a family, stay in unity as a, as, as a uh, couple, husband and wife, stay in unity in your job, stay in unity in the church, stay in unity everywhere. Stay in unity because God is a God of unity. The unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace, it says in Ephesians chapter 4. I'm telling you, we've, which we've gone over, I'm telling you, God is serious about loving one another. And it's what most people can't do. I don't care whether they are, well, they can't do it in the world. They can't do it in the church unless we yield. And as Melissa said, die to the selfish reason, what I talked about last week. We have to die to self. It's the only way we're going to do this thing. And the church is the best place to work it out after you work it out at home. The four walls of your home is the absolutely best place. I mean, absolutely best place. Nobody knows nothing except those in those four walls. If you don't have any children, it's the husband and wife. That's who knows. They know. If you have children, they know. Right? 
The next best place to work, walk it out is, is the church. And you have strength enough to work it out in the workplace. And everywhere else you go. But if you can't work that thing out at home, it's, it's, not, it's not good. Let's keep going. My Father is glorified. Are we, are we about to try to glorify God? Do we want to glorify God? Yeah, we want to glorify God. <laughs> With the purpose of which we... What, what, what's the purpose of us? We were created for his purpose. And it's to glorify him. To glorify him. And, and he says that my father's glorified that you bear much fruit. And so prove to be my disciples. Just as my father has loved me and I have loved you, abide in my love. If you keep my commandment, you will abide in my love. Just as I kept my father's commandment, I abide in his love. Did he keep his father's commandment? Did he love us in spite of? I don't care what they were doing to him, he still did it. He, 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 he did not do things that we probably would have done to the people who were against him, who were saying things about him, who were wagging their heads at him. He didn't do things to them that he could have done, that we probably would have done if we had the ability to do that. Because he is love, and he followed the Spirit of God. He says that in verse 12, this is my commandment. In case you have not get, gathered it yet, he's, <laughs> he's saying, I've been telling you, but just in case you don't understand what I'm saying, this is my commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. Now, have we heard that before? Have they, did they hear it before? Why does he keep telling them then? Are they hard of hearing? Or they, they have a, uh, what is it, attention deficit disorder or something? Why are they, why is he to keep telling them? This is serious, isn't it, for him? Because he wants, to, he wants us to receive all that we have because he gets glory if, he, we, if we're able to glorify him. And, and, and if we glorify him by bearing much fruit, that means that we're going to be his representative just like Jesus was. That means that the works that he did, we'll do here on this earth just like he did. That's what it says in another part of John. The works I do, <laughs> you do, right? That's what he said. But we're going to have to start loving one another like he loved us. Unity. Wow. And in verse 13, he says, Greater love has no one than this. And lay down his life for his friend. Lay down his suitcase. Lay down his, his self-life. Lay down his, 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 his selfish life. Lay that down because he did the same thing for us. He says, You are my friends if you do what I command you. That's really very good, isn't it? He says that no longer do I call you slaves, for a slave does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends for all things that I have learned from my father. I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask in the father's, I ask of the father in my name, he may Give it to you. Oh, wow. This is my command. That you love one another. He keeps saying the same thing over and over again. He comes back to the same thing. That you love one another. I told you it's a big, it's a big issue. I told you when I was teaching this, this series, when this is the first series I've taught in uh, 2014. I told you this, this is what God laid on my heart to teach. So this is the sixth, seventh message. 
last message is next week. The eighth message. Uh, this is what he wanted me to teach because this is that I want you to. I, I want you to. 2014, I want to be a great year, a better year for you. I want you to be a year of where you accomplish, where you, where you achieve and, and walk more in, in my calling, what I have for you to do. God wants us to glorify him. He wants us to bear much fruit. He wants people to see and know that Jesus Christ is alive. Jesus Christ is the son of God. He came, he died, because the only way that Jesus was able to prove that he was the son of God, that the father sent him, he, he said, that, wait, if you don't believe me, just believe the works. Didn't he? Right? If a person don't believe, believe Jesus, I don't believe this, Jesus, I don't believe that. I believe there are many ways of, ways of the Lord. Well, if you don't believe that, believe the works. That's what we should be talking about. Right? What works? Whatever the Father, whatever he tells you to do. The Holy Spirit said, well, I want you to pray for this one. Are there people needing prayer in Lynchburg, Virginia? In all the surrounding counties. In other surrounding cities is close by. And most people, if you say, hey, I want to pray for you. Sure. They don't mind. They don't mind. I wonder if they thought something would happen with your mind. You know, it's become such a religious thing. Let me pray for you. Okay, fine. And pretty much you know nothing's going to happen. You just pray for me. This is how the unsaved world, that's what they think. Nothing's going to happen. I mean, they didn't pray for me. When Jesus prayed, something happened. When the disciples prayed, something happened. It's about something happened. When we pray, something's going to happen. Because he said he wants to be glorified. And you're not praying for yourself. You're not praying. Hey, I hope you won't say, hey, I got this person who will come and they will pray for you. Man, they, they are awesome. They are mighty woman of God, mighty man of God, whoever. They'll come pray for you. And all the attention goes to that person. Please don't do that. Do what they Paul said, hey, with the blind man, why are you coming, why are you coming to me? Why, why are you coming and acting like by my holiness or by my godliness or by my anything I've done that, that this man is, is whole now? You know, he, he's walking in the temple and jumping and leaping. It's not by anything that I've done, but it's by, the, by the Jesus Christ, the name, the only name that's above every name is by the name of Jesus Christ. That's what we have to start, start, start saying. Hey, I know somebody who represents Jesus Christ. They, they'll pray for you. If somebody in our company that is around in this other cubicle, uh, they, they believe in Jesus Christ, they'll pray for you. It's all about Jesus. It's about Jesus. I believe that's what God wants from us. I really do. Let's go another step. Now, 1 John chapter 4. And let's see what God would have to say there to us, starting in verse 20. We love because he first loved me. You remember that was last, last week? Okay, that's where I left off. Verse 20 now is where I'm picking up. If someone says, I love God, I love God, I love God, I love God, <laughs> and hates his brother, he's a liar. Now, the hate is, is, is like to, you say, I don't hate him. 
I just don't like them. I mean, we say that all the time, don't we? I love them. You know, I love them. I just don't like them. That's how we put it. I've never seen it in the Word. Never have. I mean, I read this thing uh, so many times. I know I have never seen it. Anybody seen the thing? I, has Jesus ever said <laughs> to, to him, that, you know, I love him. I just don't like him. No. Because he would say that about all of us, wouldn't he? <laughs> no, he would say it about me. <laughs> Come on. Why we say it then? We think it's spiritual. We think we're saying we've we got to play on words. I love him because I'm commanded to love. I don't like him. So he didn't tell me I don't have, he did not tell me I have to like you. Come on. What do you think hate is? To love less, basically. I mean, there's different terms of late, uh, hating different, you can use it different ways, but it's to love less. To love less. <laughs> oh, to love less. That's why he said, love your enemy. Because we were enemies and he loved us, he died for us. So if, he, if, if, if we, we have to, we have to love the brothers and sisters in the Lord because he has commanded us to love. And if we love them less than that, we are hating. Ooh. And I mean, you know, I mean, hey, you can look it up. Strong's 3404. <laughs> Strong's Concordance. Look it up and, you know, if you've got a biblical dictionary, look up Strong's. If you've got something that translates Strong's into something else, you know, you can do that. Uh, but hate. Don't hate your brother. Love your brother with passion. Love your sister with passion. Because God loves everybody with a passionate love because he died for everybody. You remember he says that, hey, don't you, don't you kill anybody. Because if you kill somebody, they were, whoever you kill, they were made in the image of God. He don't want you killing people. That's what he said. Now, I know you're getting quiet, but I'm telling you, that's what God is saying. He said, for the one who does not love his brother, and that's a continual thing, in the present, continual, 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 continual. I wonder why did he put in the, in the present that, 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 that tense where he's got to continue to do that, because it's going to take a continual thing to love me. Because... Don't you know that, that we all give people uh, sometimes uh, a reason to not love us? Don't? I mean, probably I'm the only one to do that. Okay. Is anybody in here married? Okay, now. Does, does your mate sometimes give you, give you some... I'm not going to say that. Because if you say yes, then, then, then your, your mate going to look at you and it's going to be bad news. When you get home. So we're not going to go down. I'm telling you, God says that he doesn't want you hating your brother. He said, because if you hate your brother, you're a liar. But then he turns around and says, for the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he's not seen. So he, so he said, you got to love your brother. If you, if you don't love him and you think less than love, you actually are into that. Less love, hate. So, ooh. 
Ooh, that's pretty good, God. And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should love his brother also. How many times is John, John, John had a problem, didn't he? John was the one who was always with Jesus, I mean, lying on his chest. I mean, he, he was like a apostle of love. John knew what love was, and he's telling us about love. And he's telling us the heart of God. So I, I really believe it. Do you believe it? Amen. Let's go another step further. I got one more, two more verses for you, maybe. Um, how does this thing look, God? I know that, I know I'm supposed to love you. You know that you're supposed to love me. You know that if you love me less than what God loves me, you're really not loving me. Is that right? If I love you less than what God loves you, I'm really not loving you. Is that correct? So now, I can't keep his commandment if I don't love you. If I love you less than what God says, and he loves you, then I'm not keeping his commandment. So, so whatever I ask in his name is subject not to be done. So therefore, I need a little bit more imagery on this thing. I, I like visual stuff. I like pictures. I like pictures. So... God, show me something else. I mean, how am I going to work this thing out? We got to take this thing a little bit further because I know I'm supposed to love people, but some people are hard to love, and I know that I'm hard to love, so give me some pictures to help each other. Well, one good one is, you know, you know John 3.16? Everybody know that one, right? How about 1 John 3.16? You know that one? Do you know that one? 1 John 3.16. It's a 3.16. It's from John. It's just Epistle John rather than the Gospel John. Okay, let's turn to First John 3.16. You have to turn just one little page back probably. Two. He's going to tell us something that you probably never heard before. First John 3.16. Always remember the John 3.16s. First John 3.16. John 3.16 because they're good. We know love by this. Oh, I asked for a picture. I asked for a picture. Did you hear me ask for a picture? Anna, I asked for a picture. He says it. Look look what he says. Man, he must have heard me. He says it. (laughs) We know no love by this. He's getting ready to give me a picture. That he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. That's how we know love. That's a picture of it. Right there. Do we need to, do we need to paint it again? <laughs> That's how much I'm supposed to love you. That's how much you're supposed to love me. Because he laid down his life for you. He laid down his suitcase for you. Now we know he laid down his, his, his body for us also. But he also laid down his suitcase. He laid down all, whether you're dichotomous, whether you're trichotomous, it doesn't matter. But he just laid down everything for us, didn't he? He laid down everything for us. He said, lay down everything for the brother. Now, that's something you don't see much of. You don't see much of this, uh, this laying down our lives for our brothers. What, what, we, what we normally see is that in the church now, that's what they tell me in a way. I don't know because I, I, I don't do statistical work. But they say that 
the divorce rate in the church is about the same as it is in the world. And that's what they say. I don't know how true it is. That's what they say. Something is wrong with that picture because he says that we know love by this, that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brother. I see, I see children, particular teens, against parents. Parents against teens. And when I was teaching in public school, uh, I would get close to people because I coach, and I get close to people because I talk driver education. And so I spend a lot of time with players, spend a lot of time in driver ed car. They tell you something, everything. And do not call your children names. Don't call them names. There's, there's one girl was telling me, my mother calls me, uh, it was a name. It was a name. It was a name because a name by the way she was dressed. Her parents were not, her parents were not, her mother was not uh, pleased with the way she dressed. Probably her, 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 her dress was a little bit too short or a little bit too low, whatever the situation was. But she said, my mother called me of this. I said, you got to be kidding. No, no. And <clears throat> I knew her father, and her father said that, that they had a, didn't have a good relationship. I wonder why they didn't, didn't have a good relationship. Don't call your, peop- don't call your children names. Don't call your children, you know, man, you have, you know you're slow. You know? You're this, you're that. You know? You'll speak those things that be not as though they were. Because that's what the Word of God tells me that God says about us. Is that true? Yeah. So you want to speak those things that be not just... So you speak blessings over your children. That's what you speak. I don't care what they're doing or what they're not doing. Speak blessings over them. Speak, speak good stuff over them. <laughs> it's important. It's important. Whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him and does not love... How does the love of God abide in him? In other words, the love of God doesn't abide in this person. The, the, the agape of God does not abide in somebody if you are not sharing what God has given you. Now, this is not a, a condemnation type of thing to say, you know, go home and, and give half your furniture to the person over here and, and all that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that you be sensitive to God and what he's telling you because he, you know that God wants us to be blessing people. Particularly the poor. Very important. Little children, let us not love in word or in, with tongue, but in deed and truth. Let's end up in Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. Let's end up there. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if in affection and compassion make my joy complete by being of the same mind, what is that? So what's the same mind? Unity. Yeah. Maintain the same love, unite it in spirit, 
intent on one purpose, God is all over the Bible. God is telling you about unity, particularly in the New Testament, about unity, being together because that's showing love. It's a dying to self. And it says here, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. That is something that we probably have never read. What do you think? Because most of the time, most of the time, when I read this thing, I just, you know, you just read it, uh, you know, with selfishness, empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another. More importantly, yourself, do not merely look at, the, at your own things and interests, but also the interests of others. Um, have this attitude in you. You just keep on going. Then when you finish with chapter 2, check. I read me a chapter, another chapter. That's not how God wants us to read the Bible. God wants us to read the Bible with, mm, do nothing out of selfishness. Oh! <laughs> Empty conceit. <laughs> you know. But with humility of mind, oh, God, regard one another more important than myself. You've got to be kidding. <laughs> Come on. Because, I mean, he's, the Holy Spirit is all over this thing, and he, you know he wants us to do this. Is that right? If we would do that in our marriage, just think how, how, how marriages would be, or, or our significant others. How, how would it be? How would it be if, if, if teens and parents, particular mothers and daughters and fathers and sons, partic- just think now how it would be when things are not going your way, you know, when they're not going your way, and you just say, yeah, it doesn't matter. You do that, don't you? I have some, I have some teens in here, don't I? I have some teens in here. Yeah. There's one. There's two. We have some teens in here, don't we? You, you can say, well, hey, I don't regard what I want to do. Hey, um, can I go out tonight? I'll, I'll be back around 12, 1, 2, you know. No, um, no, you can't even take the car tonight. I don't want you to stay home. Okay, that's no problem with me. You know, no problem with me. I love being home with you. <laughs> As if you are dreaming of what world are you from? <laughs> and when, when your sisters and brothers ask you for something, come on. When they, when they ask you for something, hey, hey can I borrow this? Can I, can I do this? And then, Come on. You say, sure. I know you haven't worn this and, you know, you just bought this. You can wear it. It's okay. I don't look out for my own things but the others. Do we do that? No. No. But that's what we should practice, shouldn't we? Shouldn't we practice that? Yeah. It's your job to do the dishes, Minerva. You do the dishes. I work. You're home all day. Why can't you do the dishes? That's not unreasonable, is it? Say no. <laughs> Minerva's my wife, for those who don't know. Um, but in, wouldn't it be nice? I, I, I don't. 
uh, you know, the game's on tonight. Duke is playing Syracuse, man. I mean, the, the overtime last night. I don't have time, man, to, to, to do no dishes. But wouldn't it be nice to say, sweetheart, I was going to watch the game, but you know what? Later for the game. They, they just run up and down the court sweating. I mean, who <laughs> I want, to, I, want to, I want to bless you, sweetheart. Woo hoo hoo. Wouldn't that be great, huh? Take notes now. <laughs> oh, this is real. This is real. And God's asking us to walk it out. So next week, we're going to close the messages out, this, this series out, with our final message. We're going to drive this home because God has something for us because he wants us to be so blessed that whatever we ask, he will do. Because we sacrificially love one another. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434 847 4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.